Hey there, folks. Before we jump back into our conversation with Florence and the Glitbiter Artist Spotlight episode, I want to let you know about a few exciting projects I've been involved with and a, a couple things for you to check out that you might have missed. Uh, most recently, I had a wonderful conversation with Transformers fan artist Stan Cho, a.k.a. Artist Stan, over the weekend. Uh, that's actually going to be next week's podcast, but we did the interview as a live stream video so you can actually go watch that right now on the Mike Seibert Radio YouTube channel. Uh, we uh, we talk about pixel art, brush engines, and um, some very pointed observations on the comic book industry as well. I'm uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not sure how I'm going to break up the podcast quite yet because I've just kind of taken a look under the hood and have just uh, kind of started editing. Uh, but uh, spoilers, we uh, we talked for almost three hours so that uh full unabridged conversation is available now on youtube on the mike cyber radio page and i um i i was also part of the most recent live stream for spec script now as you might recall spec script is a podcast where a comedian writes an episode of a tv show they have never seen before uh they did a, a 1980s uh, science fiction double feature uh starting with uh, stranger things and then the Transformers. I uh, I jumped on for the second half for the uh, Transformers show and got to voice the baddest, most extra bitch in all of Transformers, the one and only Starscream, and it was such a blast. And it uh, it really cracked me up because as I was trying to prepare, uh, there was only one scene running through my mind that I can point to uh, to harness all of that raging bitch energy. <laughs> uh, anyway, that uh, uh, the script by Aviva Siegel was a lot of fun, and you should go check it out. If you missed the show live, you can still watch the stream out on Twitch. I'll toss a link in the show notes. And speaking of voice work, uh, we just recently recorded a Transformers reanimated doubleheader. Uh, issues 10 and 11, it's a two-part story called For the Love of Hate. Or uh, more accurately, it's a, a H-A-T-E. It's an acronym, or at least that's how we read it uh, during uh, during the uh, the script reading. A recipe for um, and it's a, it was a lot of fun. It, it teams up a lot of the human characters uh, that we saw in various episodes of the Transformers cartoon, but never really got to see together. And didn't see again after the movie so that's a that's a ton of fun and i got to reprise my fan favorite question mark uh my uh, uh fan favorite roles as bumblebee and chip chase and uh and a couple others as well but hey real quick uh i i want to congratulate greg and yoshi on one year of doing transformers reanimated that's uh that's one hell of an accomplishment they uh they originally pitched the series as a comic book uh but idw chose not to check it out and they've been doing it as fan fiction ever since and the project has since grown as uh, as more folks become involved anyway check it all out uh including all of the scripts all of the awesome covers and uh and all of the audio episodes as well uh including the the uh, handful that i've been a part of as well all of that can be found at transformersreanimated.com
On this week's show, I'm talking again with synthwave artist Glitlighter. And if you haven't yet, check out last week's episode for our pre-interview conversation where we talk about Star Wars and Star Trek and a bunch of other things too. That's available right now in episode 279. Florence joins me next, but first, check out the single See You in the Trees from Glitbiter. You're listening to Mike Seibert Radio.
Welcome back to Mike Cyber Radio, powered by Poddex. I am your host, and this week it's all black hearts and dreamy synthwave. Uh, Florence, aka Glitbiter, is our guest, and we've uh, uh, we've been talking uh, Star Wars and Star Trek and all kinds of geeky nerdy stuff. But it is time to get our synthwave on. Uh, Florence, welcome to Mike Cyber Radio. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Hi, thanks so much for having me on. You know, it feels so weird, the formalities of them, because we talked for like an hour about Star Trek and Star Wars before before we even <laughs> talked about music. But that uh, um, now, it, like like I said, we can uh, uh, we can chat about your music. So let's so let's start with that. Um, okay. And I guess um, from uh, I guess let, let's say we just got in an elevator and every podcast is somebody's first podcast. Um, why don't you start? from uh just kind of uh describing what your music is and what uh what glitbiter is as a project oh my god you're making me do an elevator pitch this is like bringing (laughs) bad memories back from grad school i know right (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh never again um okay so maybe this will be a little longer than an elevator pitch because i didn't have time to think about it but um, okay, so uh, I my name is Florence, aka I go by Glitbiter, um, and uh, yeah, so I I make the music that I make is like synthy dark pop type of stuff. I like I don't really know how to describe it, and actually, so many people like the, I need to find some artists to compare myself to. Um, And because people ask me, oh, like, what do you sound like? And, Mm -hmm. you know, even though like I want to be like, oh, I don't sound like anybody. I sound like myself. Like, it's always good to have like a artist like kind of in your back pocket. Like, oh, I sort of sound like this. I don't know. I don't have any I I don't have a good answer for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, generally like kind of dark pop synthy stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm closely associated with um, a genre, not necessarily a genre, it's more of a scene at this point, um, called Synthwave. Um, mm-hmm. If you're not familiar, Synthwave is, obviously, it's synth music. Um, a lot of it takes uh, tropes from the 80s, um, but it kind of modernizes those 80s sounds. And so um, my stuff isn't necessarily 80s, but I am very influenced by um, those sounds and by mm-hmm. other synthwave artists and by artists from the eighties. And I am very good friends with a lot of people in that scene as well. So, um, that's why, that's why I associate with that particular scene. Yeah. Um, Oh, sorry. Go anyway, ahead. That was, Oh no, no, that was my five hour elevator. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> well, because I, I mean, synthwave is, uh, is a scene that's, uh, become, uh, quite prominent over the last couple years, kind of, you know, kind of like cresting the wave of, uh, as it were, bad puns are bad, but, uh, you know, kind of, kind of riding that wave of eighties nostalgia. And, you know, you see, uh, projects like, you know, Kung Fury and, you know, uh, other things like that, that kind of tap into that 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 um oh gosh i i i'm still trying to figure out how to describe it uh just like you kind of like you know kind of like you know a lot a lot of neon you know just kind of like that yeah. that neon grid neon, it's it's very and it's like closely associated with cyberpunk um yes. yeah neon grid the uh the um the 
it's it's like it looks like a sun with lines that sun was actually designed by a guy named signal noise um and uh yeah so it's it's you know like like neon cars and yeah just just kind of like over uh, palm trees stuff like that yeah. um Big. but also with with synthwave like the cool thing is that there it has like a lot of like different kind of niches so there's mm-hmm. kind of just regular synthwave which is like you know you see you picture like a testarossa driving down pacific coast highway with with like a grid in the background and a sun and everything um but then there's also like a like a dark synth um niche as well so you have artists like carpenter brood and perturbator and um like it's it's more and there's a lot of like metal yeah. influence too a lot of those a lot of the guys in synthwave they're, they're all metal musicians who mm-hmm. just decided to leave their bands and do their own thing and they became synthwave artists because they they bought a couple synths and they're like oh cool i can do this in my bedroom um and a lot of a lot of that's how like a lot of people came up um, and then there's also like um, synth pop where there's more vocals. And um, so there's there's a lot of different kind of like synthwave adjacent genres that is like an, that encompasses the scene. Yeah. So it's a it's a fun it's a fun little it's a fun little group to be a part of. Well, and, and that's what I, I like so much about kind of kind of the state of music in that anything kind of has like the umbrella genre. Like, like in this case, we'll just call it synthwave. But then, like underneath it, you have like all of these different uh, various uh, subgenres, and you know, it's like I've I've got uh, uh, folks that are you know super into gunship and the midnight, and you know, a, a lot of those, uh, and a lot of folks you had mentioned as well. You know, like a lot of folks that have become po- more prominent in that in that synthwave scene. Um, what I what I like about your stuff is that it does kind of um, it, it has some of that that deep evidence that some of the the heavier stuff does, but it's also very very approachable and very poppy. And I think what what makes it so approachable is uh, is your vocals. You know, a lot of a lot of synthwave is just you know like uh, you know instrumental tracks, almost like something that you would put uh, um, on a video game or something like that. But uh, but yours kind of like you know kind of kind of mixes and blends, and um, and you do love uh, vocalization and singing on it, and I I think it's really cool. Thank you. Um, and that's that's actually really cool to hear you say, because that's kind of exactly what I'm going for. Um, because I, I honestly, I like kind of the dark synthy stuff the best when I listen to a lot of the music. I actually, I discovered the genre through um, a duo called Dance with the Dead. And mm. they are, they're, they started off like a little bit, like very heavily synthy with um, like, with, kind of metal guitars and now actually they've kind of evolved into they're more metal but with synths um but when i discovered them i was like whoa this is amazing this sounds like a 80s zombie b movie soundtrack like <laughs> yeah. holy and it just like blew my mind that like i i was like there wait there's other music like this because and um and so that was really cool so i i'm always kind of drawn on to I, I've I've always been drawn to kind of like darker like um, like death rock and darker synth stuff just even before I discovered this genre um, so that's kind of like where my heart lies but I also 
Um, I mean, I'm a singer first and foremost. So if I'm going to be writing this, like I'm going to be singing on it. So like, and I also, I like to write like, you know, concise songs rather than just have like a 10 minute drone, like, um, electronic piece. And actually the cool thing, one of the cool things about, um, synthwave is that even if it's a, an instrumental piece, there's usually a melody and there's usually kind of like a structure to the song. They're not like 10 minutes long. They're actually just like an actual like three to four minute song, mm-hmm. even if it's an instrumental. And I, and I loved that because, um, that was kind of like the one thing that I needed in my electronic genre. <laughs> and, um, finally I found it. Uh, so, but that's, that's cool that, you know, you, you notice that like, yeah, like I'm trying to like take, take from the dark, um, the dark synth part, but I'm also like adding the, like the pop and mm-hmm. the pop and structured song type of thing to my music. So that's, that's cool. <laughs> so thanks. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I, you know, and, and even just, uh, um, there, there are certain parts of some of your songs where it gets really inky in, in your headphones, you know, you're just listening to it and it's just, you know, thick and rich and, and it's, it's got, it's got a really cool texture to it. Uh, but, but something you, you had just said a moment ago, really kind of, uh, um, kind of really resonates with me in that, like, I remember, you know, like the, the, uh, electronica boom of like the late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> and, I um I I it was it was a genre I wanted to like you know, I had a lot of uh, I had a lot of friends that, you know, would largely go on to be like scene kids and kind of get into uh, rave culture and kind of kind of that arm of it with like, you know, some of like, you know, uh, you know, deep trance and, and trap and, you know, uh, other, you know, kind of other uh, uh, spinoffs from that. But what I found is that electronica by itself wasn't quite approachable for me because I, I felt like it was always like a song fragment or like exactly. or like something mm-hmm. that never went anywhere. And I, yeah, I, I Exactly. Like, I can't tell you how many, and like, I, when that was happening, like I was a little young too. So I, and I, my friends didn't listen to that type of music. So like, I would hear some of it, but I didn't kind of, I didn't know how to find the genre of music that I wanted. So like, Mm -hmm. I would occasionally hear a song and I liked it, but like, I can't tell you how many songs I would, how many times I would listen to something and be like, Oh man, I really wish it went here. Like, why did it, why did they make this choice and just like, didn't do this thing that could have been really exciting, but they didn't. And it just, um, so yeah, it was kind of like, it was frustrating because like it was, the internet was like very new Mm -hmm. and it was hard to find stuff too. So, um, and if like my friends weren't listening to it, then how, how else was I going to get it? Um, so yeah, it took me a while. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, I, I think also for me, it was, um, uh, perhaps the, the instrumentation, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, electronica was just, yeah, you know, I mean, again, I'm not a musician, so I am speaking totally from ignorance, but a lot of it is done, you know, kind of like on computers and a lot of bleep mm-hmm. bloops and bleep blops. And I think, I, I think what, I think what my heart really wanted was something that was more akin to say like prog rock or, yeah. or, you know, just straight up synthesizer scores, you know, uh, a, mm-hmm. 
a matter of public record is that I have a great affinity for that Transformers the movie and a large part of it is because of the the soundtrack album and the score. The score is 100% synthesizer from a cat named Vince DiCola and mm-hmm. it's and it's uh it's very synthy and it's very much of its time and and it's awesome but also like the actual soundtrack album has a lot of like you know uh prog rock kind of I, I i'm reluctant to say hair metal but it's you know it's a lot of like you know kind of metal of uh of the day and it kind of creates this this again kind of prog rock synth blend that that's very heavy that i think when i was uh when electronica was a thing i think that's really what i wanted but mm-hmm. <laughs> but i couldn't quite get myself to uh, uh get there and 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 really just you making that comparison just unlocked this whole perspective on me it's like why didn't i get into the crystal method oh that's why because it was just it's mm-hmm. it's 10 minutes of bleep blops that doesn't go anywhere exactly so, <laughs> so thank you for helping me crystallize something that that i had been uh, uh sitting on for 20 years um mm-hmm. i and and where is that and that kind of brings us to synthwave and and it really is kind of that i uh i i'm not firmly in the scene um, but I dabble. I, you know, I pop in from uh, uh, from time to time because it's. Uh, I mean, it, it's a lot of fun, and I, I guess that that would be a good way that I would describe it as kind of a jumping off spot. It's like you know, it's just the, this uh, uh, this almost kind of like new retro genre that's that's just kind of like blown up over the over the last few years. Yeah, and it's. And it's evolved too. I mean, I wasn't part of it at the very beginning. I mean, it kind of like um, cemented itself as a genre probably in like the early 2010s, I would say. Um, and I'm, there's probably someone out there who, who's going to be like, well, actually, that's not when it started. But <laughs> I mean, there were people doing it before that too. But, um, but like, and I got into it, I think I, like I said, I discovered Dance with the Dead in probably 2015. So it's like, it's been five years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, it's grown so much over the past few years. But it's funny, because it's still this, its own little bubble. And like, it, it makes appearances in, um, like, mainstream culture, but it hasn't quite gotten out as a like a big genre like you know they're they're like the midnight has done really well and Mm -hmm. like in the darker scene like i mentioned like carpenter brute um and perturbator they've done really well as well um but it's still there's i there's still this like mountain that um the scene has to get over and it's it's still like it's it's a very like it's a bubble but it's very tightly packed because there's so there's so many people in it too because you can um anybody can do this you you know you can get some either free or cheap software um and do this in your bedroom Mm -hmm. because most people are just they're doing it on their computer in their bedroom and um it's it's accessible as a genre that you can um you can actually make music in Mm -hmm. um and another reason another reason why is there it's a lot of solo acts as well so you can do it alone you don't have to deal with a band you don't you know it's just it's easy it's all right there on your computer Mm -hmm. so um, so yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a fun genre and like, and with, with the actual music too, it's just, what's not to like, it's yeah. just, you know, it's like, 
it's fun music that's um, it's fun to dance to. It's great to listen to. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's accessible in the sense that like, you know, it's using these eighties tropes and it's not um, there's nothing necessarily weird about it. It's like, there's this retro aspect that, um, that people love, but there are a lot of other things in the genre that you, you can kind of gravitate towards. So it's, it's very, versatile in the fact that like kind of anyone any from anyone from any walk of life can yeah. enjoy something within the genre absolutely and uh so two places i wanted to uh go from there uh one you you mentioned the community and i i'd like to uh, talk a little more extensively um about that uh but we were also talking about you know technology and software um so i'd like to kind of like you know kind of get under the hood a little more and let's kind of talk about like you know the actual instrumentation because i again i'm not a musician i don't understand how any of this <laughs> stuff works um so so could you talk about you know kind of like how the sausage gets made how does how does glitbiter make synthwave okay well i think the the first question that a lot of that usually comes up is hey what daw do you use man um daw um, digital audio workstation so um <clears throat> like the the industry standard is Pro Tools, um, sure. which you you would find in like a lot of high end studios and stuff. But let me tell you, nobody uses Pro Tools. I don't think I know anybody in the synthwave scene who uses it. Um, the three big ones is, um, are Ableton Live, uh, Logic, and FL Studio. Um, FL Studio used to be Fruity Loops. <laughs> <laughs> um, if uh, if y'all know what that is from back in the day, um, I personally use Logic. It's it's a $200, $200 on the Apple store. Um, it's probably the cheapest one. Um, and uh, I use I used a cracked version of Logic for a really long time, too. Um, so, like, there you go. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I... But I actually I learned um, I learned how to like you know do kind of the digital audio thing via Pro Tools because I took some Pro Tools classes in college, okay. um, and that kind of at least set me up with a basic understanding of how to do things. And kind of once once you know one of the one like one digital audio workstation, you kind of know them all because they all kind of do the same thing. It's just where the where the buttons are and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so I. Uh, so knowing Pro Tools, I kind of taught myself logic. And from there, um, I mean, I was, I, I guess it was just a matter of learning how to write a song. Mm -hmm. um, and like I had back in the day, I had kind of dabbled in writing some sort of electronic music that wasn't necessarily synthwave, but it's, you know, it, it's, again, it's kind of adjacent. Um, but I, at the time, I didn't really have a like a end game or a goal in mind. So I was just kind of writing for fun. Um, and, you know, I learned how to track or I learned how to program drums and I learned how to like add a baseline and a, and some synths and stuff. And it's just kind of, it's building, it's basically building the song in layers. Mm -hmm. Um, is this is this answering your question? Yeah, I I, I find <laughs> okay. it endlessly fascinating because like as I'm listening, I'm almost building to a question where I say it's like, well, wait a sec, are you actually like using a keyboard or is it all oh, like okay. e emulators or just uh... so? So actually, I know some people who don't 
they don't know how to play keyboard um, and they don't use a keyboard at all. And so um, I, most of my, the stuff that I write, it's through MIDI. Um, are you familiar with the term MIDI? <laughs> uh, vaguely, but let's Let pretend that hope. I'm not. Okay, MIDI. Um, you know what? What does MIDI stand for? Musical, uh, wait, hold on. I'm going to, I looked it up, but I'm going to try and remember. It's musical instrument digital interface. That sounds about Musi- right. Oh, that's that's exactly right. I was right. Musical instrument <laughs> digital interface. Okay, cool. Um, so mid the it's it's kind of like a, a protocol of how to record, um, not necessarily actual audio, but musical information. So um, they're like uh, you can like hmm. How do I describe MIDI? This is very. <laughs> I haven't had to do this since like college when, you know, we had to learn exactly what it was, but basically it's like, it's musical information. So it's like, I can like a MIDI note is, um, like if I, I can hook up a MIDI controller, which is like a, basically a a piano keyboard. Mm -hmm. Um, I can play an, I can play a C a C note on that keyboard and it will, um, and I can record it as a C note on um whatever uh whatever software i'm using and so what i can and so once that note is down i can then um i can then switch the like change the sounds for that note Mm. um so i can play that note in like different sounds but it's it's like music it's basically in like musical information but it's not actual audio (laughs) um but it's you you kind of write it on a grid so like if you're looking at like a piano um, and the, a piano roll, you can write MIDI notes on a grid. Um, and so I know a lot of people who actually just, they they basically just manually input notes into the grid on their, um, on whatever software they're using. Mm-hmm. I, um, I personally use a, a MIDI controller, a keyboard, a piano, um, because it's it's easier for me. I, I know how to play keyboard. I've been playing piano for years. So um, so like I can just kind of noodle around and, you know, either write a melody or play a melody that I um, had heard in my head or something. And that's kind of how I record stuff. And then you can also like if you don't rec- the thing, the cool thing with MIDI is if you don't record it perfectly, you can fix the notes um, if you want to. Interesting. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know. So that's so basically I'm I'm just kind of playing with MIDI notes. Mm-hmm. Um I do I use occasionally um I have like an actual synthesizer which is um in if you're using like an actual synth- synthesizer kind of like the the basic idea of that is you're actually recording actual audio from like an external instrument mm-hmm. into your computer. Um so so yeah, it's it's kind of a mix of that, and then I have vocals on top of that as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's very yeah. very cool. I uh, well, because what I found is like for for these artist spotlight interview episodes, it's usually folks that are also musicians that pop in and check it out. Like I've got a um, a lot of uh, homies that are you know uh, just a uh, you know independent artists, and and a lot of it is just kind of like hearing how everybody kind of does their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's I I'm I, and 
I'm just, I don't know. I, I have a um, high tolerance for minutia. And I just, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I just, I just like how the sausage gets made, I guess. So, uh, yeah. so, so thank you for breaking that down and explaining it. Um, so uh, before we talk about kind of the, the uh, uh, synthwave community and, and uh, folks that are homies of yours and that you've done shows with and, and are um, uh, tight with, I, I realized I've gotten this far and I hadn't asked you about uh, the origin of your name. Um, I I can guess the reference, but uh, for folks that uh, that that might not be into uh, 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 Star Wars and especially the uh, the expanded universe in the novels, um, uh, where where's uh, where's Glitbiter come from? So a Glitbiter is a, um, a being a person who is addicted to the spice glitter stem, which is mined on the planet Kessel. It's basically a drug addict um in star wars terms Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a derogatory uh derogatory term for a person who is addicted to drug um but uh but yeah no it's funny because like i i read it in i think the first time I saw the term was in the X-Wing series, um, which was a series about Rogue Squadron um, that was written in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for some reason, I, I always really liked the word. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so I, when I decided to, you know, start a, like a kind of synth wave adjacent, whatever project, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I think I'm going to call myself Glitbiter. I think that's what I'm going to do. And, um, and it was funny because obviously it sounds like sometimes it starts with a C when you, um, when you say it. Uh, so oh, it kind of no. like, <laughs> yeah, no. And you know, the first person, the first person who told me that, because I didn't even think of that at first. And the first person who told me that was my mom. And I was like, Hmm, if my mom's thinking that, should I change the name? But I, I stuck with it and I'm actually happy I did because it, you know, if you do hear it like that, it kind of, it, it's like you do a little bit of a double take and it's very hard to forget. <laughs> so, um, so I'm, and, and plus like if someone says anything, like I'll, I'll, I'll laugh along with them. Like I, sure. like, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I also own clitbiter.com if anyone's wondering, <laughs> I bought that domain just, you know, just in case, just in case, just <laughs> um, to have it. Yeah. Just like, you know, gotta, gotta make sure, gotta make sure. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I've been, I've been like, you know, the, the names it's done me well. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the origin. Ah, gotcha. So, and, and kind of transitioning into, uh, chatting with the, the community, uh, I, I'm imagining that you encounter a, a fair number of folks that don't know the reference, right? Um, yeah, no, most people don't. I, I don't think. I think there have been maybe like a handful of people who got it right off the bat. Um, but, but yeah, no, most people don't know. They think it's, you know, it's either some, it's me doing, making a pun or, um, also, or me doing uh or like referencing glitter or something. Yeah. Sure, I like sure. glitter. Don't get me wrong. Glitter is great, which is another reason why it like, it works for me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, most people don't know it. Um, because it's such a deep cut now, like people, like everyone 
love Star Wars. Not everyone, but you know, like most people do. And a lot of people are big Star Wars fans. But just because you're a big Star Wars fan doesn't mean you've read a like a 1990s yeah. series about rogue squadron like you know (laughs) so it's um it's kind of a so like i i don't expect people to really get it um one of one of my greatest triumphs though is actually owning i pretty much own the seo on a on glitbiter now like if you google glitbiter um i come up first i think the wikipedia article comes up at the bottom of the page, mm. which, so like, if I, you know, if I can say that I, I beat out, beat, <laughs> I beat out Wiki, Wikipedia, then like, <laughs> we're good. So that's a, I'm, pr- I'm proud of that. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you know, with a, with a, a smaller shot, well, I don't know if smaller is the, is the, is the correct term, but with, with a, uh, more obscure uh, niche niche is the word I'm looking for uh, uh, genre of music um, what I've discovered uh, you know being a fan of like nerdcore and nerd rock and and all kinds of other uh, cool like you know micro genres uh, if you will um, I, I would imagine that that synthwave has a very similar kind of uh, a close-knit community uh would that would that be fair to say yes no it it definitely 100% does it's funny because most of it is online um I I mean I know most of the people who I like know in real life through the scene because of the internet of course um and the interesting another interesting thing is it's very it's spread out throughout the world there are a lot of there are a lot of kind of like little pockets like there's kind of a scene here in LA and this of course I'm saying this <laughs> um this is all before um qu- uh quarantine happened mm-hmm. when you know when we used to be able to go outside um there's <laughs> yeah. like a little a little pocket here in LA there was a pocket in New York um uh, there, there are various places around the United States that have like little scenes, um, but like not big enough to get like, you know, if, if there's a, unless the midnight is playing or something, because they're, they're pretty like, they'll get a, a big crowd. But if it's a smaller show, like, you know, you, you'll get like maybe 30 normal people who kind of usually show up. But like, other than that, like it's, like nobody else knows. Um, and that's here in LA and it's kind of same thing with New York. And there's also like a little, there's a kind of scene in London, there's a scene in France, but they're all very small. But like when you look at it as a whole on the internet, the community is huge because there's so many people from so many different places around the world. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but I think like, and there's, there's a lot of, it's funny because just being on the internet, there's, there are a lot of toxic people on the internet too. So like, I've tried to like, I, of course I've met, um, wonderful people in the scene, um, on the internet, but I actually, now I try and kind of stay away from, um, from just kind of internet, uh, friendships just because it's, for like I've seen so many toxic people um and this happens in kind of every every scene too Mm -hmm. but um but my one of my favorite things about it is just meeting people in real life and so those the 
actual like real friendships that I've developed um, in the community have been absolutely outstanding and amazing. And um, just the people who I have met um, that they're, they're the reason why I at least have like a tiny bit of notoriety in the scene. I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm still like a small person, but, um, but like, if anyone knows who I am, it's just because I've gotten so many great opportunities from that, those friendships that I've made, um, the past few years. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like it's, it's, it's been awesome. And there, there's some great people and, you know, people who like, I can't imagine like living without now. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great scene. Of course, you know, it has the internet toxicity problem, but I mean, you're going to get that with, ev- with kind of any scene in general. Yeah. And, you know, tangenting for a sec, that, that was, uh, that was one thing we didn't necessarily touch on when we were talking about, uh, Star Trek and Star Wars earlier. And I, I think what's kind of turned a lot of people off to, at this point, both franchises in their own kind of ways is just the, the toxic fans. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I, I had mentioned to you earlier that, you know, my enthusiasm for Star Wars has kind of cooled. And I think a lot of it is I'm just sick of the chuds. I'm just... Oh yeah, definitely. And the thing is, like, I I never really got into. Um, I mean, like Star Trek. Like, I I've I've barely kind of like touched the the tip of the iceberg with Star Trek. But like with Star Wars, I I never really got into the online fandom. Um, I never made Star Wars friends. Um, I actually it it was funny. I volunteered as a uh, a crew member at Star Wars Celebration a few years back, and I actually made some really good friends um, who are also working on the crew who I'm who I still talk to today. That's awesome. Um, and it, it's it's really you know like of course you have these scenes, but like. Um, that are kind of based on the internet, but when you actually meet people in real life, that that's, that's where like, I, I love, that's what I love about it because it's like when you're actually meeting people, um, you can, you get a better sense of like who they are, um, rather than just looking at their persona on the internet. Um, so, uh, so yeah, no, I, I really, I cherish, um, you know, going out to live events and doing, doing things in person and meeting people in person. Um, because that's kind of where at, at least that's, that's why I'm, I'm here, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not here for the, the internet camaraderie. I'm, I'm here for the actual, like real relationships that I've made. So that's that's so, yeah. so that's so cool. I mean that that's um you know I've I've made a ton of friends on Twitter and there there's something that that's very uh uh, satisfying and, and really cool about like, you know, when you go to like a convention or something and, and you meet them for real and interact mm-hmm. with them, like, you know, yeah. uh, uh, same thing with podcast buddies, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, you know, even, even now, you know, you and I have been uh, uh, talking for a couple hours, but you know, it's like, we haven't met and, you know, kind of pulling the curtain back, you know, we're, we're audio on Skype, but you know, it's not, it's not like we've got cameras. We're not even looking at each other. We're just interacting, you know, through through this audio medium and Mm -hmm. it's um which is cool that's a that's a great way to uh build relationships but i i agree with you it's uh it's it's really neat when that relationship can uh develop into like 
real world thing. It's like, oh man, I'd really like to buy this person a drink, you know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. It, it just kind of solidifies it. And it was, it's funny. Like, do you remember the days when, um, we were told, no, it's dangerous to go meet people who you've met yes. online. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> but now it's just, it's, it's kind of, because there's so, you know, since everybody is online, um, it's, it's almost like, uh, a necessity because, yeah. you know, we find we have these special niche interests and like, I can't go outside necessarily and go to like a coffee shop and start talking to someone about Synthwave or Star Wars, like, yeah. you know, because they don't have, you know, like the a person off the street is not going to have that like deeper knowledge of these things that like, I really want to talk about. Um, so like the only way to do that, do that is to find people online Mm -hmm. these days, because like most of the time people are, you know, everyone's an introvert, not everyone, but like, you know, people are, (laughs) they're not doing, they're not going, going to meetups or anything because like, we don't need to do that anymore. We have the internet. Um, but of course it's hard when people are spread out all over the globe, but you know, I've, um, occasionally I'll take a trip like last uh, last summer I went to Toronto to, there was a synthwave, um, like a big synthwave show that they were putting on. And, um, I like, it was like, cool, I can just take vacation and I can go see all these, all these artists who I haven't met and meet all these people who I haven't met. Because actually there's a, there's a big synthwave scene in Toronto of mm-hmm. all random places. There are a lot of artists from Toronto yeah. too. See, um, there, there's something. Sorry to interrupt, but there, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's apparently a vibrant music scene in Toronto, uh, mm-hmm. because there, there's a, a equally large uh, nerd music uh, <laughs> uh, community there in Toronto as well. You know, you got a couple. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you got nerd rappers, you got nerd rockers. Yeah, it's 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 just it's it's very interesting because I mean, I I didn't realize this until uh, my wife and I went last year. We went to uh, TFCon uh, TFCon in Toronto, um, and I didn't realize how big Toronto actually is as a city. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we did like the whole tourist thing where, you know, you you go to like the market and you see a bunch of other things. So we get up into the the CN Tower, you know, just the the huge spire in a uh, in a uh, in the middle of town there and you can just see the vastness of the entirety of the city and we're asking our our tour guide it's like, "What's that?" Well, that's 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 Toronto. Well, what's that over there? <laughs> That's also Toronto. <laughs> yep. uh, and it's like, okay. I mean, because like here in Seattle, you know, we, we have uh, uh, the Space Needle. And incidentally, mm-hmm. uh, the Space Needle is only like a third of the size of the of the CN Tower. Oh, uh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing is like, it's like huge. But, um, but Seattle isn't really that big when you get that high up you know i mean granted because we're right on the coast and you've got the water it's like okay there's the water but then like basically you could see suburbs you know it's like we always joke you know we you know have dinner up at the space meal and say oh i could see my house from here i live Uh for i live 40 minutes away from downtown seattle so so it's um uh that yeah that it's it's just uh it's just very interesting toronto is a really cool place yeah, I know. I really liked it. And I had, I'd never been to Canada before of all random things. Um, so I was like, good, this is perfect time. Like I haven't been out of the country in a while. Like it's perfect time to just like, to go, go to Canada and like, just do some stuff. I didn't do a lot of touristy things. I honestly, I just hung out with friends the entire time. Um, 
which is really cool yeah. because, you know, we, I got to, to meet some of the, like the synthwave community who I've um, been very good friends with mm-hmm. for a few years now. And, um, yeah, we just, we hung out, we went to some arcade bars, um, ate some food, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it, yeah. it was, yeah, it was just, it was really chill. And, um, and I was, um, I was staying in kind of like a more residential neighborhood by, uh, oh man, I forgot the name of the park, but there's a big park in Toronto. It was kind of around there. And it was like, it was very like, just a, a lovely neighborhood. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is like, this is awesome. Um, so yeah, I had a good time. That's cool. Good time That's cool. Now, now one of the things about, you know, uh, uh, traveling and connecting with, uh, with folks in the, the community is obviously, uh, doing shows. Now I, I forget, and I think I've kind of dipped in and out of this, uh, perspective even as we've been talking, because like, I, uh, um, I kind of forget that we're in the, the COVID times that, that it's (laughs) quarantine and like, wait a sec, nobody's doing shows. I, I, uh, had a I, I had <laughs> a buddy, I had a buddy of mine on uh, on the show recently who's a uh, a performing musician and I just you know as we were wrapping up I'm like oh hey and and do you got any gigs coming up and it's just like <laughs> silence silence I, I'm like of course you don't have any gigs coming up because mm-hmm. nobody does <laughs> but but some people have been doing live streams um and actually I I just was um I was invited to partake in this so it, it was actually I I pre-recorded a performance um and mostly thanks to my boyfriend who filmed it and edited it and everything, because I am, I'm not a necessarily a visual person. I, I have other people, um, do those services for me, mm-hmm. but, um, so I'm, I'm very grateful to those people. And, um, but anyway, so I pre-recorded, uh, a performance and there, um, it was part of a live, like an actual live stream where they, um, the two, the, the people who were hosting it were streaming live. Um, and it was a charity event. It was, I think it was three hours, um, where they had a bunch of, uh, a bunch of people either, um, record performances, send in, um, record performances or, uh, give them, um, projects that they had worked on so there were and it wasn't just music too it was a lot of musical performances some um video music video premieres um, but also comedy sketches and kind of other stuff like that um there was a trailer for a documentary in there too um and so i mean and it was uh for uh to raise money for um get us ppe and Mm -hmm. also uh money to the AC, ACLU. Mm-hmm. Um, so like people, people are doing streams and actually there, there might, and I don't have any information, but I might be doing an actual live stream in a few weeks. So oh, cool. maybe that'll happen. Um, and I mean, like, it's really the only thing we can do because all of the venues are closed, obviously. And that's, they're going to be the absolute last thing that opens. And it's kind of a scary time because there are a lot of independent venues that are in trouble yeah. right now. And so we, you know, obviously like, I don't, um, I, I don't make all of my money as a musician. I do have a day job, which keeps me alive, but, um, like I, I still, obviously I, I love it and I don't, I love going to shows and I love playing shows. And, um, that's honestly what's kept me alive as a, as a, um, as an artist Mm -hmm. these past few years, because, um, 
you'll notice that I only have four songs released, but um, I've I've managed to stay slightly relevant by playing live shows for pretty consistently the past three years. And, um, and that's, and again, it's like, that's another way to meet people. You know, Mm -hmm. I've, I've opened, I've played with various artists who have been in town. I've been flown out to places to play with people and just, you know, that that's what I live for. That's, that's what I love about it. And so it's, it's a scary time because if these independent venues are in trouble, then like, that means that this thing that I love doing is also in trouble. And also the people who actually depend upon that, um, to make their money, like that's a huge financial burden if they can't, um, if they can't make ends meet because these independent venues are, um, are going under. So, um, so it's a scary time, but I mean, we're, you know, people are still staying relevant with their live streams and their, the content that they're putting out mm-hmm. as well. So it's a, uh, it's an interesting time if we, if we want to be a little more optimistic. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, it's something we, we said uh, way earlier in a pre-show is it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how history remembers 2020 because it's exactly. uh, it, it's certainly a unique era <laughs> Um, uh, to, oh, to put it mildly. Um, but that's, a uh, that's actually what I wanted to talk about next as we, uh, we got closer to, uh, closing out and we are, uh, talking to Florence, AKA Glitbiter, And, um, you, you had mentioned, uh, your music that's available. So you've got, you've got a three song EP and a single. And I, I think it, it was kind of asked and answered already, but I, I was going to ask, it's like with, with just the four songs, it's like, what, a what do you perform when you do, do a stream or a show or, um, do you, do you have a bunch of stuff that you're just sitting on that you haven't recorded yet or oh yes no I have I have a bunch of stuff that I'm sitting on um so I actually I'm planning on releasing an EP um I've been planning on releasing this EP for three years now (laughs) um or two years or something um and I've like it's I've I've been like I started when I started Glitbiter just in general on the project I was in grad school, so I had grad school to deal with. And then like a bunch of other stuff came up and I was, um, I was getting supposed to get help from one person to mix a bunch of songs for me and that fell through. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? Like, do I just do this alone? And then I had another person who said he was going to help and then that didn't happen. And so finally, and so like, I'm, I'm, I've just, I've had kind of like bad luck and also like a, like very much like I'll admit like some procrastination, (laughs) um, with this one EP, um, because I want it to be really, I obviously want it to be the best that it can be because, um, like I, you know, we all have high standards for ourselves. So I don't, I don't want people to be like, wow, this is like mixed terribly. And like, you know, so Um, so, but I, I have songs written, they're all recorded. I just need to get them to kind of their, their best, uh, their best state right now. Um, and also like, unfortunately I don't like right now, like I would feel really weird releasing music, um, of my own just because like the, the climate, the cultural climate right now, like I, it, like I don't. I feel like it's, it's not about me, you know, it's about other people right now. And so I, 
I think the best thing for me to do at this moment is just kind of sit back and, you know, support who I can support. Mm. Um, but, uh, but I, it's probably going to be maybe a couple months. I mean, I would have loved to, you know, if, if, you know, this, the whole cultural movement has hadn't happened. Like I would have probably loved to release it around these months, but like, I'm probably going to wait a little bit just, just so, you know, until things, um, not necessarily calm down. I hope they don't calm down, but like, I I think it's just, it's not a good time to release my own music. I I would feel kind of weird about it. So, um, but eventually it will come out it'll happen because I, I have plans for it. Um, and I also, it's funny, I have like, a, it's a six song EP that I'm going to come out with, but, um, I also have like a little bit more written for a, um, hopefully a full length album, um, in the future too. And so I already have a few songs for that. And so the, and so I, I do have like a pretty, um, like I have maybe about 10 ish songs that I, either have played live or can play live. Um, so I, I have, I have plenty of music. I mean, I don't put on like two hour sets. I put on, you know, usually the sets that I'm asked to do are like half an hour to 40 minutes or something. So I can fill, I can fill a 40 minute set, no problem with, um, with the content that I have. And so, yeah, again, that's like how I've stayed relevant. It's just, you know, I'm performing new content that isn't necessarily available. Um, but it's, but yeah, I do, play other songs that I have not released. I got that's you. the that's the long answer. Very good. No, I, I love the long answer. <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs> so um so we so we were talking about that uh uh creative output for uh Glitbiter and and you know exciting stuff uh coming up in the future when it's uh uh more appropriate time. Um any uh anything else uh creatively you're working on uh like a, a podcast or any anything else you got going on creatively? Um, well, I actually, um, and I, I'm pretty sure this is, this is like official that I can announce this. Um, there's a, a, another band that I'm working with called dead astronauts and I'm, um, we're, we're working on our, uh, um, our full length album right now. Um, they had previously been, they're kind of, they're also kind of synthwave adjacent. They've been in the scene for a while. Um, and they, uh, they had, um, another singer, um, another female singer there. It's female and a male singer. Um, but their female singer left the band, um, who is actually, she, she goes by, um, her name is, um, her name is Haley. She goes by Mecca, Mecca Mako and her music is amazing. It's very experimental, but also like synthwave adjacent again. Um, and so she, she went off and did her, her own, uh, solo project and they're everyone's friends. Nobody, she didn't, she didn't leave on bad terms. Um, and I actually met her in Toronto. She's awesome. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so dead astronauts asked me to be their female singer and I was like, okay, cool. Like this seems like something that could be like another creative outlet for me because I have my own stuff, but the, um, the dead astronauts, um, music is a little, it's kind of a little more like death rocky darker. Um, and so that's stuff that I don't necessarily write on my own, but you know, when I'm when I'm, uh, writing with other people, um, it's, uh, it's 
definitely like it's very fulfilling because I'm like, oh, cool. Like this is it's it's new. It's, you know, something new yeah. that I can kind of grasp. Um, and, and funny, one of the challenges there is that we are all in separate places. <laughs> so we've actually um, I've met I've met one of them. But uh, but he he does not live in L. Nobody lives in L.A. So it's um, it's definitely kind of a, a challenge to write music um, and kind of bounce ideas back and forth when we're all kind of separately um, when we're all separate in different parts of the world. So uh, but that's been fun. So I'm working on that. Um, and um, yeah. And I I don't know. Podcast wise. um I frequently appear on um, a podcast, a podcast called Beyond Synth, who um, is uh, run by my good friend Andy. Um, and Andy has been doing Beyond Synth for like f- probably like six or seven years now. I should probably know this, wow. but um, I actually g- got into Synthwave um, a lot because of his podcast. I discovered it pretty early on before I knew him, um, and. Um, he also like, he talks to artists and it's kind of some, I feel like it's kind of similar to you, um, to you where you talk to artists, but you go on tangents and he, he doesn't necessarily (laughs) talk about like the music part of it, but he gets to know the people. And I found, and he just, he talks to exclusively synthwave artists. Well, not, no, not exclusively. He talks to a lot of other people. Um, but you know, kind of synth again, synthwave adjacent people, he talks Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. like visual, um, visual artists as well. And, um, just people who are like kind of within the scene um and uh and so the the cool thing is that i listened to his podcast back in the day and i figured oh like you know i i actually like got to kind of know these people and it was it was very kind of inspiring um and it's one of the reasons why i kind of fell in love with the synthwave genre because i got to know all of the artists kind of like more intimately um than i would have just you know known them via the internet i suppose um but anyway so like fast forward um andy asked me to be on his show and we do these we we do these kind of like quote unquote family episodes right now where um (laughs) it's me and a couple a couple of uh, other um of the people who frequently appear on the show and we kind of just we do trivia we talk about whatever um so uh that's always a fun a fun one to listen to um yeah, other I mean I I was on Unfunny Nerd Tangent a few maybe like a couple months ago to we did Picard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah, other than that, I think that's it. I think those are all the kind of other projects I'm working on. <laughs> Very cool. Well, that's I'm it. If I missed anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. We'll leave it at that. Well, it, it's always good to stay busy, I guess. You know, have uh, multiple irons and multiple fires. Uh, and again, especially now, um, kind of like, I mean, again, it's just uh, not to belabor the point, but it's it, it's just a weird time that we're in because, like, it's on, on one hand, you have, you know, kind of like quarantine, pandemic, um, and that's kind of creating a, a certain um, itch and anxiousness and and you know kind of that that cabin fever cooped up feeling but then we also have uh civil unrest and you know so many things going on politically and it's just um yeah it, it's it's just making for a, a very uh very unique stew and i i for one will be very interested to see what 
um, creatively uh, comes from uh, comes out of this on the other side uh, because like you know just just in, in my little corner I've seen uh, I've seen a lot of podcasters that are they're essentially quarantined just you know ramp up their content I've seen a lot of uh, content creators uh, I, I've seen it in two extremes I've seen folks go into hunker mode um, which is totally understandable, uh, because I mean, the, the, the weight of the world is a real thing mm-hmm. and, 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 and it's so hard. I mean, I, I run into this a lot. There are sometimes it's just hard to get out of bed. Oh yeah. Um, and I mean like, and I'm, I mean, I, I would say I'm more in like the hunger down mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've been, I've been very lucky. Like I still have my job. I've been working from home and like, I've, um, like, and I, like when that happened, I, and like, obviously, and of course I'm healthy as well. So thank goodness. Um, but, uh, but you know, when we got the announcement that we were working from home, I'm like, wait, this is cool. Like, I'm going to have so much time to work on music. Like I can just like take a, take my 15 minute break during the day technically. And, you know, just work on music because I have my whole setup right here. Yeah. Um, but I, I've almost, I've kind of given up on it because I've found that even though I have all this extra time, it's a very uninspiring time as yeah. well. And I, I can't like, I, I don't, and like I've come up with some stuff, you know, don't get me wrong. It's, it hasn't been completely barren, but, um, but it's, it's hard for me to, to get myself to sit down and just try and write a song just mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, what's, what's the point right now? There's, there's nothing to really, really be inspired by. And, um, and again, I mean, like I'm, I'm inspired by like, I don't know, I guess like real life relationships mostly, I think. Yeah. And so like, I, I don't have that. And like, I'm, I'm an introvert by heart. So I'm not like, I'm not starved to death of like human interaction necessarily, but, um, but I, you know, I, it's, it's just been kind of just, you know, null. There's, there's nothing like there are no, there's no peaks. There's no like super lows or no super highs. It's just kind of like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and, and in, like, of course I say this, it could be a lot worse. I'm very grateful for my situation, but, um, <clears throat> excuse me, but, uh, but yeah, like it's, it just for, creating art for me, it's been very uninspiring. And, but you know, for other people, it's been a great time to mm-hmm. create content and, good for them that's awesome that's that's really awesome i'm jealous <laughs> yeah it, exactly and well and, and and the key part is you know even as we we talked about it, i mean you know we come to it you know for, from a stance of gratitude of just like mm-hmm. you know i mean i i'm i'm grateful for my health and and my family's health and mm-hmm. and but yeah it's it, it is i i have found that i have uh two modes and and kind of like the pandemic times one is like now i understand how post malone got all those tattoos because i am always tired i am just <laughs> always it's just like yeah. it, it's a perpetual thing and in a way that i've never been in my life i mean i think i mean some of it is age you know it's like you know i'm getting older i'm getting heavier i'm getting slower and all of that other stuff but there's there's more to it than that also uh but also i have like you know what i what i've been doing here like you know this this conversation we've been having it's like you know let's let's make some new connections and you know for me it's not so much about you know quote-unquote content creation which 
I mean, that's that's part of it also. But it's it's you know, it's um, my way to kind of shake off some of that that stir craziness and, you know, have have those human connections in a way that, um, you know, some folks might not. Yeah. And and also it's it's funny because I've actually I feel like I've talked to a few people who I haven't even heard from in years just because people are more actively reaching out, um, just, you know, either to check in or it, you know, because, you know, if they're an extrovert, they need some interaction. So it's like, (laughs) so it's cool. Like, you know, I'm, I'm constantly in contact with people, Mm -hmm. um, which is nice. And, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, again, it's an interesting time and it hasn't been, it hasn't been too terrible. Like I've, I've been, I've been okay. So hear that yeah all right so as a as we get ready to wrap up i i have a a series of questions i i ask all of uh my guests in these uh uh, artist spotlight (laughs) interviews uh and you know we kind of started with the elevator pitch and then Uh so we'll kind of loop back around and end it with basically what uh, some of my guests more affectionately than others have come to refer to as the job interview questions (laughs) oh no so i'm not so i'm not gonna ask you where you see yourself in five years but i do have kind of like a like a three-legged stool of questions one is Mm -hmm. i'd like to talk about um uh, some of the challenges that that you've uh encountered as an independent artist and how you've kind of uh, perhaps overcome some of those two what the ultimate direction for your artistic pursuit is or aka what's the dream and then uh uh, finally to round it out um advice that you would pass on for folks that want to you know kind of do their own uh artistic interests um so let's uh so let's loop back around and let's uh let's talk a little more um about challenges okay challenges hmm well um I, I honestly, I haven't had too many challenges now. Like I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm like an overly optimistic person sometimes, <laughs> but I've, I've been very lucky. Like I've, I ha I don't have to rely on my music for money. So I've, and when I started it, I didn't really necessarily have any expectations. Like I had some goals, like, you know, I wanted to be played on some podcasts or something and, but that's, and I wanted to play live and I've kind of hit all of those goals. Um, but, uh, I mean, I think me, hmm, I'm just I'm trying to think of like a challenge that I overcame. Um, I, I honestly, like it's been, it's been a pretty smooth ride. Um, I think that, uh, you know, obviously like the, the biggest challenge was honestly just like coming out with music at first mm-hmm. and, um, overcoming that because for years I had been kind of like in the closet writing, writing music, but I didn't have anything to do with it. Um, I didn't know what direction to like, you know, market it towards or whatever. And, um, I had a friend who, and I was, I had a friend who I asked like, you know, like, do I have to get this master? Do I have to do this? Like, what do I do? And he's like, Oh, just release it. And I was like, but, (laughs) but what, but it doesn't sound good. Like it doesn't sound as good as these other people. Um, oh, okay. Here we, here we go. That that's a challenge comparing yourself to other people because Ah, there's so many many good, they're amazing producers out there. Um, and, uh, so of course at first I was comparing myself 
directly to these people who had been doing this for years. And, um, and I, like, I asked my friend who's a producer, like, what should I do? Like, can, you know, can I get this mastered somewhere? Like, who do I ask? And he was like, no, just release it. Like, you'll get better. And I was like, but I don't want to put out shitty music, you know? Um, but, uh, but I did. And, um, I, you know, I bit the bullet and I put it up on SoundCloud and I actually got a fair, like some positive remarks Mm -hmm. and I was surprised, but, um, but it, you know, it became, and that was my first EP and I'm proud of that because I, that was just me. I didn't have any help mixing it. I didn't, I met, I quote unquote kind of fake mastered it. Um, just by watching kind of tutorials on YouTube. And, um, so I'm, I'm proud that I at least overcame that fear and that challenge of comparing myself to others. Um, and another, actually, I, I want to touch on one other thing too. Another challenge is just being a female in a very male dominated scene. Mm -hmm. Um, which honestly, again, hasn't been too much of a challenge. Um, because, uh, of course, um, a lot of females in the synthwave scene, they're singers first and foremost, and a lot of them don't produce necessarily. I do produce my own stuff. Um, but, uh, but a lot of people just make assumptions when you're, um, when you're a female, they're like, oh, she, you know, she has help. She gets help from people. Um, and, kind of when I started out, I thought maybe that was going to be a problem, but it hasn't like people have taken, people have generally taken me very seriously and I really appreciate that. And I've cultivated very good friendships, um, because of it. And I've, and I've also noticed, um, um, to overcome that, you know, that potential challenge is that because I'm one of the few females in the scene, my voice is louder. People notice me. Um, and so I've, I've, I've used that at least to, um, to kind of just bolster my, myself up. So that's always been, it's, it's always been fine, but yeah, generally like I, I haven't, had like kind of once I got going, like I haven't really had any challenges or too many challenges just because, um, I, I don't rely on, on music, uh, as you know, for financial reasons. And it's just, it has been honestly just a fun ride so far. Um, and I'm pretty grateful for that. Awesome. So from there, uh, what's the dream? Um, well, to be a rock star, dude what you know yeah, man. Um, but no, fortune and glory fame and fortune no and i think yeah no so i mean obviously like i that's you know one of the dreams but um i would um even though it you know it's it's kept challenges down for not having this i would like to be able to live off of my music and i think that that is kind of my main goal um i like one of the ways to do that is to get your music placed in um uh, certain media so tv tele um tv and movies um you can get kind of big payouts with that so i think um with uh you know when i come out as i come out with more music because it'll happen um that I'd love to kind of go in that direction um, just because those, you know, that's, that is a way to um, make money. And, and of course, you know, playing more shows because, you know, right now I'm not making a lot of money playing shows, but like that is those, that's money sometimes, not always, but like, you know, and I, I love doing that. So I think kind of the main goal is to be able to be a full-time musician um, because it's, 
what I love doing. Um, but of course, uh, kind of the scary thing about that is that it's just going to become a job because right now, of course, like the challenges that may have, that may have been there aren't there, but they will be there Ah, if I am living off of, um, off of music. So, um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot to think about, but that is, that's the goal. We'll, we'll call that the goal. <laughs> gotcha. Well, and, and then finally, and, and this is uh, this is low key. My my uh, favorite question to ask uh, independent artists, uh, what advice you would have for folks that are uh, interested in their own uh, creative interests, whether whether it's music or um, any any other type of, uh, um, I, I guess, artistic pursuit uh, advice for the kiddos? Um, okay. So I have probably like a little bit, a little bit of a two or three part answer here. Um, my first piece of advice is be nice to people. Um, because you never know when, uh, that person or a certain person will be able to help you in the, your next step or when you can help them. Um, I, I think that my, you know, not, not being, not being a dick to people has really, really helped my career. Um, but you know, don't, uh, just, yeah, be, be nice to people. And also, and so, um, kind of jumping off of that is, uh, network, meet as many people as possible. Um, it's, it's funny because I, you know, you, you hear like, Oh, network, like in college, that's when I heard that, but I was never really like interested in the, in the things that people told me to network in. But, um, but I've found that like, because I'm interested in this one genre in this one community, in this community, it was easy for me to meet people. And again, the people who I've met and cultivated friendships with, they've given me the opportunities. Um, and, you know, and I can call on a favor occasionally and I'll do favors for them. Um, and it's all because I was, you know, I've, I think I've been nice to people. Hopefully I've been nice to people. <laughs> um, and I've, uh, I've networked and I've kind of built this network of, um, friendships and acquaintances within the community that I'm part of. Um, and because people, people are usually, um, willing to help you if your friends, if you're friends with them and you haven't been a dick to them and it's, yeah. and they will give you opportunities. Um, and you never know when, you know, an opportunity will pop up. And I've been super, super lucky that, you know, people, um, people ask me to do shows. I haven't really had to, ha- um, I haven't had to actively, look for shows to play necessarily because things have honestly, they've come to me, which is not always the case. Um, but I, you know, again, it's, you know, I've been, I I don't need to rely on this for money. So I, I don't need to actively look for shows, but Mm -hmm. the shows that I have played, I've been lucky enough to just, you know, they've, they've popped up just because of the people who I know. Um, so yeah, um, network, make friends, um, also listen to, to what your friends are saying, um, surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, because, you know, you never know what kind of, kind of good production tips you're going to pick up from a person who's really good at, um, at producing or, you know, who knows, who knows synthesizers in and out and stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's all about the connections that you make. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, 
That's yeah. uh, that's my answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. And when uh, I, I wanted to loop back around real quickly to uh, uh, networking, as uh, as you put it, and that that's become a a buzzword that that a lot of us just kind of cringe. You know, you hear networking, it's like <laughs> networking. I've I you know to to add uh, to how you expertly broke it down. It's I I just call it make friends. You know, oh, yeah. like no, you said, exactly. don't don't be a dick. And 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 that's what it is. It's like because uh, like I'll, I'll say, oh, networking ew, what it's like, well, do you yeah, networking? It takes all the fun out of it because uh, like I because people would tell me to network like in college. And I'm like, I don't want to network because I don't like I don't have anything in common with these people. But right. like I would make friends and we would have things in common and we just became friends. And all of a sudden, like I I would get opportunities and I would help them out. And like, it's a, it's a mutual thing. It's a back and forth. Um, and, and, and like somewhere in, in the middle of it, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm networking. That's how you do it. You know? Yep. You've done it and not even realized it. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, so yeah, don't, yeah, just, just make friends. That's, that's how to do it because it's all, it's all about, the people who you know um and if you if you surround yourself with um with smart people then they're gonna lift you up and you will do the same to them so i love it i love it well i tell you what man this has been an absolute blast uh we've uh we've chatted for a couple hours we could easily (laughs) chat for several more uh but i think our time is drawing to a close uh but before uh before we part ways for now um could you let folks know how we can find you on the internet get access to your music and how we can connect with you out on the social medias um cool yeah um so i am at glitbiter that's g g with a g not a <laughs> g l i t b i t e r um did i spell that right i hope i did whatever um it, it it'll be on the it'll be on the podcast info, don't <laughs> it's, worry. It's, it's in the <laughs> um, notes it'll be fine you're fine but uh but yeah follow me i'm at glitbiter um on pretty much every platform um twitter instagram is where i kind of hang out the most um i'm on facebook but f- uh, facebook's stupid don't follow me on facebook um my music is on pretty much every major platform um you can buy it on bandcamp um, which is, uh, the best way to do it because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we all get, we all get a little bit more money on Bandcamp, but you can also stream it on Spotify or, um, Apple music. Um, I think there are a few other, other ones, but, uh, but generally, I mean, if you, I, I Google play too, I think, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's on all the major things, so you'll find it. Um, and if you Google it, I'm the first thing that comes up. So. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, artists supporting artists, and so that's uh, that's always a good thing. Support uh, support your homies, um, and uh, and lastly, um, you know, just uh, just kind of open forum. Any uh, anybody you want to give shout outs to uh, that that we might not have mentioned, and uh, any uh, parting thoughts. Um, oh man. Um, I feel, I feel like I'm going to miss somebody, so I'm not going to do any shit. Fair enough. That's fine. (laughs) Um, because I don't want to be that person who like doesn't mention someone really important. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, 
closing thoughts. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Um, because usually I'm, it's, it's kind of, it's cool to talk to someone who's not always in the synthwave genre because that's usually who I'm talking to about my music. So, um, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to kind of, kind of, uh, talk to all, um, talk to you about the, all the basics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of, kind of, uh, uh, break it down for the, uh, uh, civilians <laughs> as mm-hmm. it were, which is, uh, which is always a lot of fun. And, and again, thank you so much for, uh, joining me today. This is, uh, this has been, uh, tons of fun and we will, uh, we will definitely have to, uh, get together, um, for another time, maybe talk some more Star Trek, some more Star Wars and, definitely. and, and, and maybe, uh, Maybe throw uh, sling some mud at those uh, toxic fans and and, uh, and the chuds that are out there. Uh, of course, but I think uh, I I think that will uh, do things for this week's episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you happen to listen to your podcast. And you can check out the full show archive out on SoundCloud, where you can also listen to Glitbiter. Um, like, share, rate, and review the show. Let us know what you'd like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future. Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders and is powered by Poddex. For Mike Seibert Radio, my name is Mike. And my name is Florence, a.k.a. Glitbiter. And until next time, wash your hands, make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeCybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.